Episode 12, The West Bloomington Revitalization Project, A Different Approach, with Hannah Russell. One of the best things going in this community is also one of the least known. Located on the west side of Bloomington on Washington Street, the West Bloomington Revitalization Project, or the WBRP, offers a variety of services to anyone who needs it, and especially those who need it most. I first stumbled into the WBRP a couple years ago when I signed up to help run the Veggie Oasis on a Saturday afternoon after a farmer's market. As a former bike mechanic, I maintained a relationship with the then operations manager as a guy who liked to come fix bikes. I was never there as much as I felt I ought to be, but that was never the impression I was given when I was there. The WBRP is a co-op in the true sense of the word. It is fueled by the ideas and energy of those who give their time, and that effort is greatly appreciated by those in the immediate community. Now, as we emerged from winter, I was super excited the new WBRP operations manager, Hannah Russell, was willing to sit down and talk about what's going on over there this year. You see, the West Bloomington Revitalization Project just reopened on March 6th after being closed for some time as a result of COVID. So please, give this one a listen if you're serious about the power of people as a collective body to impact change in the community. All right, we are live. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Keep Your Day Job podcast. Today, I am joined by Hannah Russell, who is the operations manager at the West Bloomington Revitalization Project. How are you doing, Hannah? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Ed. Absolutely. Um, and Hannah and I were talking before we started this podcast. Um, I found out about the West Bloomington Revitalization Project, which is on the west side of Bloomington, um, as by the name, right? Uh, but I found out um, first from the Veggie Oasis. Uh, my family and I got involved doing some gleaning from the farmer's market and bringing it over on Saturdays to the Veggie Oasis. Um, and then I saw that there was a bike shop there and I'm a huge bike nerd. So I immediately uh, started volunteering and helping repair bikes, which was great. Um, but enough about me, Hannah, why don't we kick off with you giving us a little bit of background about yourself? Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, very much like you, I started as a volunteer at the WBRP within the Veggie Oasis. Uh, food security is something I'm very passionate about. And I have my own garden and I grow food too, but I did recognize that here on the West side, there's not a whole lot of access to fresh food. I mean, they call it what it's commonly referred to as uh, a food desert. Mm -hmm. So I just heard of the veggie oasis and it was super intriguing. So yeah, I, I started volunteering um, uh, in that regard a couple of Saturdays uh, throughout the year um, during the farmer's market. But just uh, about me as a person, apart from uh, volunteering, I've uh, I grew up here, like I went to high school here. Um, I went to college and traveled and came back around 2012. So I've been here as an adult, as, an, as a live person, uh, like interacting with the community uh, since uh, 2012. Um, and I mean, uh, it, Bloomington was never a place I intended on ending up or staying, but uh, it's really, you know, as I get more involved in the community, it's so unique and the community is so tight. And um, uh, yeah, I just, the more I got my feet wet and started getting involved, the more I realized that there's something very special happening here. And every community that I've been in, uh, you know, um, just trying to find my, my place in the world uh, has never, I've never really experienced anything. The, the collaboration and then the, like the success of projects, like, um, like I've tried to get things started in other communities, like grassroots projects, and it just always kind of fizzles and falls flat. And but the support here and the collaborative effort here, and, and yeah, like not to be a uh, repetitive, but just the community here, it does nurture uh, successful efforts. 
which um, it keeps me here for sure. Um, but yeah, and so uh, since then, I've always worked for small businesses and small business owners and have always been involved in grassroots efforts. But um, uh, I mean, I guess in my most recent life, like I, I'm a yoga teacher and I've been teaching yoga as, as full time as a yoga teacher can for the past five years. And I'm also a musician, but a lot of that work kind of went away with COVID. Yeah. And yeah. And then, um, I mean, I still teach here and there virtually and, uh, of course play music on my own, but, um, that led me to find more work elsewhere, which, uh, eventually led to, um, here at the WBRP, the operations manager position opening up and it definitely pounced on it. Yeah, yeah, well, and, and I, I had mentioned again, I knew the former um, operations manager. So uh, for those of us on the call who have no idea what that means, can you give us a rundown of your job details? Because, right, I think if, if people will be impressed by one thing, it's that the West Bloomington Revitalization Project offers a wide range of services for people in the community at a very low cost. Yeah, um, so uh, a little bit of just, yeah, about how we're run, it's mostly volunteers. Like I'm, I'm the only staff person. Um, so it's, it's mostly volunteer led, but so the WBRP is an, an umbrella term for um, several other programs. So the two biggest ones are, probably the bike co-op, which is a bike cooperative and the tool library, uh, which serves just like a, a book library, but instead of books, there's tools. Uh, so you, you can become a member uh, and uh, check out tools to rent for free and use them to beautify your home or to work on a project, thus reducing uh, the need to go out and buy something that perhaps you'd only use once and hopefully uh, also reduces any sort of waste of tools or tool accessories in the landfill too. Um, but yeah, but to, but just uh, and then just simply tools are expensive and uh, why buy them when you can just borrow them. Um, um, but yeah, and then the bike co-op is such a wonderful program. Um, right. Uh, so in a norm in a normal year uh you know we we get a lot of donations of bikes from the community and we fix them up and we sell them back at a really reasonable price uh there's also a volunteer program which you've been involved in mm -hmm. uh where you can just volunteer as a mechanic but you can also kind of like a work trade program uh you can volunteer a certain number of hours and earn like bike dollars so you can work to volunteer to receive a bike at the end of your volunteership. And uh, and then and then we just have workshops too, like how to change a tire, how to change a tube, um, and just regular bike maintenance. And um, uh, yeah, so that's the tool library, the bike co-op, uh, our food program is pretty, uh, it's getting pretty cool. There's the Veggie Oasis where we address the need of um, getting fresh, healthy food to the community by partnering with the farmer's market and the different farmers that are participating in the farmer's market. And, and they know that every Saturday, the WPRP, the WBRP is gonna come with these wheelbarrows and we're gonna ask them for uh, donations. And usually they're, you know, they're very happy to donate uh, like fresh, organic local food and then we bring it back here and put it all on tables and people can come and take whatever they need no questions asked and um so we are actually getting we didn't do it last year because uh, we just didn't really world was upside down yeah we just yeah <laughs> like we didn't know how or what was going on but um i did just talk to the powers that be uh about 2021 and I think we're going to try to make it happen in a yeah. safe way this year um, but so uh, the way that we've been trying to get food to people during COVID 
Uh, we have something called a little free pantry. Uh, mm -hmm. It's very similar to the little free libraries that you might be seeing around town. It's just like a box on some posts outside on our sidewalk. And uh, it's very, it's, it's like for the community. The community can fill it and then they can take from it. And we have partnerships with other local nonprofits that are involved in food distribution uh, to where we receive a regular supply of most, mostly shelf stable items that, and we replenish it as often as we can just to keep it full. But it's been really, really it's been used quite a bit um, since I think we put it up last summer. And it's uh, like we had to replace the door today. <laughs> so it's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, so, I, so I, would, I would say that those are the biggest programs we have. Uh, yeah. And there's like a literacy program where Karen Schmidt rides around on the book bike, mm -hmm. which is just a bike with a, like a portable bookshelf that opens up. And, um, and so she takes that to as many um, outlets as she can. Uh, and he, yeah, you can take whatever books you want for free. And uh, she has a very steady supply of book donations. and. Um, so, and, um, yeah, one thing I also noticed if I can interject is, um, so when I, when I started coming there, I noticed the tremendous seed library that you guys have, mm -hmm. uh, you have tons of seeds for anyone who wants to start their own garden. Um, but you guys also started, you started some plants inside now. What's, what's the move this year? Yeah. So we, we do have a, so a garden program as well, we have our community garden, the West Side Community Garden. Um, it's like at the intersection of Mulberry and Roosevelt. So it's not on our on our property here at the building, but a little bit further away. And yeah, we have a seed library with thousands of seeds. And we um, last year, we did get grow lights and um, some heating pads to start seeds indoors. And we also built a greenhouse, which is right in our backyard, a little tiny greenhouse. Yeah. And we're getting ready to reassemble that here in the next week or so. But so uh, the the um, final destination of these seats that we're starting is, yeah, we're still figuring that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one, one thing that happened before COVID, um, and, and it would be no, most notable from the street, is they put a mural on right on the east side and the west side of the building um and then i believe it's on the east side of the building they built a dome out of bike wheels mm -hmm. so is that still there i remember mm -hmm. uh the, the, there was conversation about having some programs there and having a little, like reading under the bike dome i thought that mm -hmm. was really cool. yeah yeah we have a side yard and it's you know it's full of really great plants and we've got the bike dome uh made of um yeah of tire like the spokes and the wheels and stuff and and yeah in, in an ideal year you can go and hang out and read under the bike film or um i mean of course i'm a yoga teacher so i have dreams of holding a yoga class out there <laughs> I, I know a lot of folks would that that sounds like a great time that does sound yeah. Like a great time. yeah yeah yeah. So, so can you talk a little bit, um, I mean, I will get into COVID because that's, that's like a whole nother beast, uh, for, for what you guys have been able to do over there. But, um, one thing I've, I've been so energized by every time I come to West Bloom Tumor Vitalization Project is, um, just, just the, the, the diversity in the people who volunteer, um, and sure there's racial and ethnic diversity. Um, but I just mean diversity on, where you live, how old you are, what level of experience you have. This place runs on random educated people who show up and have an idea and, and help drive that idea out. So um, how, do you, how do you manage volunteers as the operations manager there? Sure. Um, well, the way I'm still getting used to managing volunteers and managing in general, yeah. Um, this is my first managerial position that I've ever held. So um, the silver lining of COVID is that there hasn't been many volunteers because we haven't 
been really having a lot of people in the building. So, um, but going back to what you talked about earlier, the diversity of people that are involved in this effort, I will just like, just agree with you 100%. I was actually thinking about it the other day of just like how cool and lucky I am to be able to collaborate and communicate and work with so many different people, like um, students, uh, like young kids, professors, um, people, you know, in their 60s, 70s, yeah. and um, and then just all of the character, like the characters that are that make up our neighborhood that I talk to on the sidewalk on a regular basis that I'm now becoming very close with. Yeah, um, there's something I, I grew up working in a bike shop. And so there's something about like working on someone's bike and having a conversation with someone in a weird way, they're sort of invading your workspace. But at the same time, like you're interested in what they're saying. So mm -hmm. yeah, those people are really great, though. You learn so much from those folks. Yeah, yeah. And, and then as far as just um, managing goes, uh, the volunteers. So I've been working a lot with just the like these kind of skeleton crew mm -hmm. of the WBRP. Uh, so yeah, like some of the, some of our board members, and then like the the mechanics that are regulars, and then the tool library um volunteers that are regulars and um whereas like yeah i would love to i was just having a conversation today of like i cannot wait to bring people from the community in and we and have them volunteer and have them have a hand in the progress of the wbrp but this time this past few months has really given me uh it's been like a nice time to get close to the people that are here the most. And um, and I'm really grateful for the new relationships that are being fostered, so. That is awesome. That is really great. Yeah, because as you said, there's just like a skeleton crew of people who are extremely passionate about this. And there's like a, a, a group of folks like me who kind of come and go with the wind. Uh, but but it's, it's that ecosystem that makes that place run so well, so. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about COVID. Um, we know COVID shut you down really quickly, um, but you guys have been working for a while to talk about reopening. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's happening soon. You want to talk about that reopening? Sure. Yeah. So we are going to be open to the public by appointment only starting Saturday, uh, March 6th. So um, we thought about this for a while and the very nature of this place is one where people just walk in and hang out and like, and that's cool. Like, like they just kind of, you know, and we, they come in and they, uh, we all kind of just banter around and they hang out. And whereas I love that and I do want to encourage that it just can't happen now. And so, um, so the appointment only is a way for us to monitor the number of people in the building. And, you know, there's only one patron per appointment. So like you can't bring your whole family in <laughs> like, <laughs> type of thing. And, uh, you know, the appointments are going to be for half hour increments. And we're hoping that whatever it is that you want to get done, whether it's a you want to buy a bike or get a simple bike repair or maybe just browse the tools um hopefully we can get you helped within uh 30 minutes um so the so we're going to be doing the appointments uh on saturdays from nine to one uh tuesdays from 11 30 to four and then thursdays from four to seven at in the evening and, and then the exception is the bike co-op is actually only going to be open uh, on Saturdays. So, um, so that'll be, and the other programs, the tool library, what have you, 
those will be like other times. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I should state that a half hour is plenty of time to get your problem assessed or find out what tool you need or see, so. get, get along your way, or at least get some good next steps into how you can fix it or come back, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So then um, volunteers during this time, I'm assuming volunteers are, are kind of still slow. Are, are, you, are you taking volunteers yet? So, yes, I have... I have decided that I'm going to open the floodgates and ask for more volunteers. Um, the bike co-op is not taking more volunteers, um, unfortunately. Um, it's kind of a small space in the shop and we're trying to limit the number of mechanics in the shop. So yeah. Uh, but for uh, the other programs, I definitely need volunteers that are knowledgeable uh, in tools that um, that can build a door for the little free pantry <laughs> when I need them to build a door for the little free pantry. Um, because the volunteers, I mean, they're so invaluable. Um, just like kind of giving me a break. So like even if even if you're not knowledgeable in tools like I can still have you you know check people in or something like that or or pick up litter outside like yeah things that are really really important that I just I just can't get to but but yeah but like if you if you do have knowledge in tools like and um know how to construct things and um can help me when I'm trying to uh help uh, a patron like that would be really, really invaluable at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, and I should say, I guess when I think about the folks on the bike side of the of the co-op, I mean, you, you there's there was never any shortage of folks um, who had acumen in in repairing bikes. Um, so I'm sure I'm sure that that service is still being fully met. Um, and I, and I would say as a person who volunteered, um, you know, we went in, we came in with the kids, and I'm sure that's different with COVID now, but. Um, there's always something to do. Um, and I think that's part of what makes this such an appealing volunteer opportunity is whatever your skill set is, even if you only have an hour or two to donate. Um, I was always just so grateful that you guys were always just so grateful to have people coming out and engaging with this space. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I mean, if, if nothing else, it's just a cool place to be. <laughs> it really is. And I, I, again, I can't sell this place enough. And one, you know, one post that I saw was, uh, you know, during the winter, the tool library was running out, uh, running out snowblowers. Was that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What, what an amazing community amenity to get a, cause it's free, right. To, to rent from the, from there. So you would just pay for your own fuel, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, uh, so we do have one huge beefy, uh, gas powered snowblower. And that is like, you know, like a $10 usage okay. fee type of thing. Uh, and then, yeah, you do provide your own fuel, but we have smaller ones that are electric that, yeah, you can just borrow for two hours and bring it back and yeah. it's free. And so we should also say, how do most of these things end up here? How do most, how do you get most of these tools? This is not a purchase, right? Uh, yeah. So most of them are from donations from the community, just like the bikes. I mean, they're all donations. Every once in a while, we'll um, make purchases ourselves with um, usually money afforded to us via grants. Um, so uh, but yeah, most, most things are donations. Yeah. So, so one, uh, one thing that I did see before COVID had started was the uh, apartments upstairs that that was a new thing right mm -hmm. um so so not only is west balloon revitalization project offering food bike service tool library checkout but there was also some spaces above um, that were converted into apartments yeah yeah um so we own this building and i believe the previous owner uh the owners of what used to be the jesus coffee house Mm -hmm. which is what the w what the wbrp was before it was what it is 
Um, I think that they renovated the upstairs to be apartments. Um, I think they actually lived up there, um, but don't quote don't me on that. Me on that. Um, um, but yeah, there's yeah, a tenant that lives up there and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is what it is. I just thought that it was interesting. I mean, I used to come up there and and work on bikes when everything was closed, and I would hear some some noise going on upstairs, and then I had to kind of step back and remember, oh wait, someone lives up there. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that is really good. So so then I do have another question about. Um, you mentioned that you have the garden associated. Uh, I had never been to that garden. I guess I always assumed that that garden was the same as the Sunnyside Garden. They're not. No, they are different. Um, okay. Not that we're in competition or anything like that. But uh, yeah, actually, uh, Caleb, um, who manages the Sunnyside Garden, he just gave me a hugely generous uh, donation of seeds, like three huge apple boxes of seeds. Um, so we are in collaboration with each other but we're not the same thing mm -hmm. so so then what are the plans for that garden do you guys have volunteers to run that garden this spring your garden not sunnyside garden i should specify yeah so um to my understanding you buy a plot so i think the plots are i can't remember the sizes but i think it's like 20 bucks for the mm -hmm. season and um and so, yeah, that plot is yours. And, um, and then we also, I think on the same, at the same location, we have something called our victory gardens, which we, that's like our garden where mm -hmm. we plant, harvest, and then we take that food and uh, distribute it via the veggie oasis. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, if you're a, a community member and you want to take your hand at gardening for like 20 bucks or so, you can get a, a plot. Yeah. That's exciting. Cool. I didn't know that it worked that way. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I should also say, because I live, uh, I live on kind of the east side of town, um, but I have grown vegetables at my house and brought them to the veggie oasis. So I know that's something that I'm very interested in this year is kind of coordinating all the folks in my neighborhood who grow food and saying hey when you have that extra stuff let's take it over there yeah so, yeah no there's no shortage right everyone's happy to everyone's happy to share which is cool yeah yeah and actually um you know if we ever ever do have leftovers on a saturday which is pretty rare we actually just got two brand new uh, like kitchen uh, quality um, appliances. We got like a double, like a stainless steel double door fridge that is now in our kitchen, and like a uh, like a vertical freezer, like restaurant grade style equipment. Wow! And so yeah, like we're really really excited about that, and it's gonna help us to keep food for longer and develop our food program. Yeah. And so you guys don't have a commercial kitchen there. Any conversation about maybe processing some of this food at the end of the season? Um, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that it opens a whole nother can of worms. I totally understand that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I should not continue to understate the amount of other things that you probably have going on there. So anyone, yeah, it's easy to be in the position of just kind of lobbing ideas over the phone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so uh, we did have one really great, I forgot to mention this, but we had a something called the Healthy Eating Program where we partnered with Prairie Earth Farms and we were able to provide, I think, 40 CSAs uh, to, to 40 families over, over the season. So we distributed those every Wednesday night. And um, it was just like Prairie Earth's regular CSA bag. Um, and these families got those uh, 
were free. We, we bought those CSAs through a grant and, um, and they picked them up and, and what, and, you know, they would have like little recipe cards in there for what was actually in the bag. And, but also, um, we were, we had discussed like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we actually made something and then like, be like, here, this is what you can do with this. Like, try this. And so we might someday actually make some stuff back there. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, keep me in mind, though, as a person who likes to purchase pounds and pounds of tomatoes and make my own sauce. Um, I think I think that's um, I've been thinking a lot about the food desert. Right. And I've been thinking yeah. that's. Sunnyside Garden does an amazing job. Um, there's farms like Prairie Earth Farm that are getting engaged using the veggie oasis. And so there, there is this food supply that comes from April to probably late fall, right? A fresh food supply. Um, and then, you know, then there's a bit of a lapse. And that's where I think, that's where I think canning and stuff could, could potentially come in. But again, that's, that's another thing. But my point there being, um, the, the, the one point you always hear is about a lack of education, right? Um, folks who did not grow up around farms may not know what to do with an eggplant. Uh, so I, I, I'm ex extremely excited that you guys are starting to think in that direction uh, because that was, that was one thing that I've heard. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, you can give somebody an eggplant, but like they don't know what to do with an eggplant. <laughs> right. Right. I had I had a lot of conversations with folks when I was working at the veggie oasis there about tomato plants and it was just kind of like well stick it in the ground man see what happens right like hey I, they're tomato plants they just kind of go for it <laughs> yeah yeah and I think that that's also I mean we uh I really enjoyed volunteering for the veggie oasis because it was very informal. It was an informal exchange of information. They'd be like, "Oh, what's this?" And I'd be like, "Well, this is a rutabaga. This is what I do with it. Um, yeah. I don't know." <laughs> yeah. Try it out. Let us know next week what you did. <laughs> yeah. So then, so then, what what kind of feedback do you get from the community about all this stuff? Because this is an area of the city where, when you listen to candidates. They're talking about how you know how how ignored it is by the political system, right? And and I think the thing that's so amazing to me is how accessible you are. So, mm -hmm. what what sort of feedback have you heard from the residents of the area and even folks outside of the area? Yeah, um, I well, we just did a post uh, on our social medias. Uh, Kind of like in themed with valentine's day it was like what do you love about the west side and we got so many great responses um so many people commented on the history i know this isn't talking specifically about the bbrp but uh so many people commented on the history and the buildings and um and also just the local organizations and the schools. And, um, but yeah, like I, I do agree with you, like growing up here, the, the West Side was like a place you didn't wanna go. <laughs> like it had this reputation. And um, yeah, I mean, growing up with that stigma and now I think it is undergoing a revitalization. Mm -hmm. um, where the residents do take great pride in where they live. And, um, and so as far as feedback that I hear from the residents, I mean, I, unfortunately my interaction with them is been a little limited, but I still am able to, to have great interactions with them. Like, for example, there was a gentleman that, uh, he was staying at Home Sweet Home, which is a local homeless shelter. And he he just got a job. Great, great news. He just got a job. And but he was finding that our local transportation, public transit systems weren't weren't working for him um, and his schedule. So he needed a bike. And uh, so you know, he he really wanted to work for it. 
he's like, I, like, what is your volunteer situation like? And I'm like, well, we're not, we're not doing that now, man. Sorry. And then it's just, and so you know, when that happens, you know, I've been, I've been given the power to be like, okay, here's a bike. <laughs> like, yeah. You need a bike to get to work here. Like, just take one. And so, I mean, of course, like just the outpouring of thank you, the gratefulness and, and like, and thank yous that you're able to provide somebody with transportation to live their life. I mean, that's, it's pretty incredible. And he, and he was just like, I can't wait to come back and volunteer and, and be able to do the same thing that you just did for me for somebody else. Like, and yeah, I mean, that's, Fantastic. It's great. It doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. I mean, in I think in an area, like, I, I, yeah, I, I ride my bike a lot. And so I'm always riding my bike around normal Bloomington. And I, I love going through the West side as a person who kind of grew up in the city because it, it does have a culture. It has a history. Unlike I live in normal. I mean, normal is pretty bland. So um, I, I, I greatly enjoy it. And your point about kind of helping people out, it's, it's not about absolutely lifting the load for them. It's just about kind of giving them one small nudge in a lot of times. And I, mm-hmm. I, I share in your experience, I've spoken to some folks there who fix a bike, fix a flat tire, and then you come back and you see them and they, you know, it's extremely grateful that you create a relationship with someone you otherwise wouldn't and you're helping them along in life, which if, if, if nothing more, I think that's what we can do for each other. Yeah. And they, I mean, they remember like, especially the kids. I love the local kids. I mean, as soon as it got warm out, they're all just like, can we get back into the bike shop? And, and they're really fun. Like, I mean, I'm not, I don't have kids. Like I don't have a ton of experience with kids, but like, I like chatting with them because I think they're really cool. And so, and when you just talk about bikes with them and like maybe help them fix up their tire or something and they remember that and they come back and like continue to have conversations with you and I don't know it's just fun yeah I I think it's amazing I think it's amazing and and so I see we don't use the video for this podcast um but I see behind you you've got a bed frame um that is a huge project that um I would feel terrible if we did not talk about so please tell us a little bit about the bed program yeah, so the Bed Blitz is um, Robert Bosquez's idea and his program, and it's grown into something really, really incredible. Um, essentially, it is a program where we build bed frames, twin-sized bed frames, and uh, provide beds to kids that need them. Uh, so they get a bed frame, a mattress, sheets, a pillow, a blanket, uh, stuffed animal usually, and some laundry detergent. Mm-hmm. And it, and it addresses a really important and really, uh, kind of overlooked need in our community. You wouldn't think that there's kids without beds in Bloomington Normal, but there, there's a lot that really that really need bed and there's um you know they might be sleeping um on the floor or on the couch or with their parents mm-hmm. and um so usually it's a annual event that takes place in october and it um i can't remember exactly where it takes place but like a big i think it like a youth build is involved in some way um, maybe it takes place in their facilities, but um, so it's like a ton of people that are all making beds and, you know, we get a lot done in a span of a very short amount of time. So, but now we can't use that space and we can't have a ton of people together. Um, so uh, we've been like, it's kind of like a prolonged process now. So we're just kind of taking applications and it's, it's becoming like a permanent program now. And we make bed, the beds one by one in a little workshop back there. <laughs> yeah. 
and but it's it's going like we're doing it and um yeah we're making it happen and it has really taken off too in just its general um publicity uh so i think yesterday last night robert and our president larissa armstrong they attended uh it's called 100 women for good it's a charity organization a local charity organization and they choose um a local nonprofit to fund um or to donate to and so we we got picked the bed blitz got picked and so we are going to receive 100 100 donations to oh. to fund the bed blitz yeah it's pretty it's pretty incredible. We just found out about it today. And so it's, yeah. That is phenomenal. So <laughs> yeah. do you have any idea? Like, I love putting numbers around these things. Do you have any idea how many beds you normally produce in a bed blitz? I No, I don't. Like, um, not like on a normal year. I, I'm so, so sorry. I don't have those numbers. Um, no, it's all good. But yeah, I mean, but lumber, gosh, we, we just bought some lumber uh, and lumber is just so stinking expensive right now. And it also is not the greatest quality. Like, yeah. So that, that kind of puts a downer or a damper on things, but like, but yeah, it was, I almost, my jaw dropped when I saw the price tag on the most recent lumber buy, man, it was brutal but. yeah well and then the price of lumber has gone up during covid as well right. as scarcity of lumber so scarcity. both both points you hit right on the head there mm -hmm. so all right so so then reopening partially is there like a stage reopening do you guys have any game plan because when the weather gets nice it's going to be hard to keep people away right i have thought about that and um I mean, we're just gonna see how it goes. Like that's yeah. all we can do. Um, some if when it gets nice, one thing I've thought about is maybe being open an additional day. Um, but I don't know. We're just gonna see what happens. <laughs> yeah. No, I I get it. I totally get it. I mean, that's the beauty of that place. Is just how like. You're building beds inside now when it gets warmer you guys will be building more beds at a time in that side yard i'm sure um you guys figure out a way to make it work and that's admirable so yes yeah nice about that so so let me ask you a personal question um <laughs> it it takes a very unique person to take on this role um you talked a little bit about your past in in bloomington but let's think about your future what what are your big dreams for this place oh. Well, <laughs> um, I mean, my big dreams for this place, uh, I mean, I would love, I don't know about big dreams, but I think I do have some attainable dreams. <laughs> so, yeah, so progress is a yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> But I, like I said, um, I would really, really enjoy incorporating some sort of yoga slash meditation yeah. uh, practice on a regular basis and offering it to people on this side because, I mean, that's also another desert type of situation. Um, any sort of access to um instruction as far as exercise or living well all of those facilities are on the east side um and the ymca is going to be relocated to the east side so yeah which is you know, like, don't get me started on that i was driving by it today and my kids play basketball for the ymca and i love that it's on that side of town because it should be a, a zero barrier of access for folks who have the need um, yeah. So I drove by that today and I kind of, I reflected on that same point. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and so, and also it's, uh, I mean, it is a nice way to bring people together to practice um, something that decreases your stress levels, that 
helps to relieve anxiety, that helps to increase your, your physical health and mental health. Um, and, um, and yeah, I would like to offer that. And the, the funny thing is about this place I have found uh, is that when you need something, it, it kind of comes to you through a, like a donation of some, it's a, like a serendipitous moment, but I received a donation recently. Of, it was like a, a wellness day at ISU and my contact there was like, oh, I'm probably gonna have some leftovers because they did like this whole like healthy eating thing and healthy activity thing. And she's like, I'm probably gonna have some leftovers and like, do you want them? Okay, and part of the leftovers was 15 yoga mats. Oh, <laughs> so, you guys are there. That's awesome. <laughs> so ah. I was like, I'm like, oh, I guess it's meant to be. But, but yeah, and then I would love to offer um, uh, like more kitchen items. Um, so including kitchen items as well in the tool library to uh serve that need like again like you can have the food but if you don't have the things to prepare the food then like it's kind of it's it's another obstacle yeah um and then to offer workshops on how to prepare food and what to do with it and again like serving the educational um aspect and um you know it would be like, yeah, like every tool library I've visited has had kitchen items too. So it's like, yeah, yeah like I'd like to include kitchen items. And um, so, I mean, I think those are my, yeah. my, my attainable dreams. <laughs> I think those are, I, mean, I think those will keep you busy for a while. I think they're yeah. very and then as you said once you open one door you never know what's going to pop up next mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm so excited to hear you talk about yoga um, I think it's something that those of us who know about it probably feel like we don't do it enough uh, it's yoga and meditation um, and I think again for for folks who haven't been uh, been kind of experienced in yoga or haven't even ever tried meditation uh, it can help in less than 10 minutes. It's amazing. And I think mm -hmm. about, you know, I, I think about the education point that the West Bloomington Revitalization Project offers for kids on the West side. Um, and yes, I, I think more kids need to learn about mindfulness and meditation. And so I, I, I think that's a great addition. So excellent. Yeah. 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 Well, then let's, let's wrap this one up. Um, Tell us, leave us with an idea of how they can get a hold of you, um, what they should be thinking about if they're thinking about volunteering this year. Let's start with how they can get a hold of the West Bloomington Revitalization Project. Sure. Uh, you can visit our website, westbloomington.org. You can find us on social media through Facebook. Uh, just look for the West Bloomington Revitalization Project. Um, we're also on Instagram, uh, and our handle is, uh, West Bloomington. I will be putting and, these on here. This is not a test. I'll, I'll put them in the show notes. So. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so sure I'm, to remember everything. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to go through all of it because, uh, each one of our programs has like a Facebook page. So it's, it's a lot, but I'll just give you the bare bones and then. But you can also email uh, me at manager at westbloomington.org. And then our phone number is 309-829-1200. Awesome. Thank you so much. Perfect. Okay. Um, and then what about volunteers? Volu should, they, should they reach out to you, social media, email, call? Uh, what should anyone do if they have an hour of their life that they need to fulfill? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would, I would say call or email. Um, I'll have a form that you'll fill out. Uh, I'll just get some information about your availability and your interests and your background and your experience. Um, but yeah, I, uh, even if you don't know any, like, even if you're like, well, I just think that I could, you know, take out trash or water some plants, like just little stuff like I need that too, yeah. like, um, as well as 
people with knowledge and experience in, in our programs. So absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a quote, I think it's a Gandhi quote, be the change you want to see in the world. And I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to uh, over inflate how awesome the West Bloom Revitalization Project is, but for real, this is the change that every politician on the West side who is running is talking about. And it's happening in real yeah. time. And it's happening because of volunteers and it's happening because of people who like yourself, who love the city, love the West side and want to see everyone be lifted up together. So yeah. like that's, that's phenomenal. That's, and I, and I hope my listeners take that away because volunteering, I mean, volunteering is, a, is, is, you know, it, it, it makes you feel good. Um, but I've never volunteered at a place where I could so immediately see the impact on the community. And I mean, you fix a bike for someone, you see them riding that bike the next day. And, you know, you may see them in the bike shop the next time you volunteer. It's that special. That's cool. Mm -hmm. I so. couldn't have put it better. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for your time. Um, hopefully we will all be hanging out outside of the West Foundation <laughs> Project soon um, in, a, in a safe environment and not breaking any COVID regulations. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much, Ed. And thank you for having this podcast and featuring some really important aspects about our town. Absolutely. Well, and like I said, this is this is the lane that I want to occupy. Um, these are the things that we need to get out in the light. And so I thank you so much. You're welcome. Wow, that was such an awesome conversation. So much so that I don't even have many clever words to close out this episode. So let me leave you with this. I want to challenge everyone who listens to this episode to commit to going over to the WBRP and checking it out at least once this year. If you're going anytime soon, be sure to make an appointment. Oh, and when you leave, just stand outside for a bit and soak up the surrounding culture. The buildings, the people, the cars, the sounds. This is our city, even if we live on the other side of town. Finally, as you lay in bed that night, think about how you can help. Volunteering is good for the soul of the individual as well as the soul of the community. And there is no better way to feed your soul than at the WBRP.